This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host Andy Goldstein. I say another, it's obviously the first one of the week, so happy Monday everyone. And we've got lots coming up in today's podcast or tonight's. I mean, you might be listening to it. Later on tonight, maybe you had a busy day at work and you thought, oh, I forgot to listen to it. Or you've just not got around to it because you've been lazy. But either way, whenever you're listening to it, it begins with the biggest guest of the weekend. That was Jordan Henderson, joined Faker, others and Darren Bent on the Talk Sport Quiz. I didn't even know there's a show called the Talk Sport Quiz, but Josh wrote these links. Yeah, Josh from my show, you know, Josh, that, that Josh. So who knows if there is a show called the Talk Sport Quiz. Anyway, as well as answering a few questions... He also spoke about getting back to football in the Premier League. Well, we're back training now, so we've been working hard. Um, yeah, it's been good to get back, get some uh, good training sessions in, and uh, the weather's been good to make it even more difficult, but it's been nice to get get back out there. How's it been at training? Is it, is it a bit strange? Because obviously I know you um, was doing it in small groups before obviously the lockdown was kind of released a little bit. Like, how, How's it been? Yeah, at first it was in small groups uh, for the first week. Um, which actually was was quite good. It sort of eased us back in again, um, a little bit of light training, some some decent sessions, and then obviously went into the bigger group now and, and full contact training. So that's been really good. Was there any concerns, George, for you that the season? Because obviously we know, listen, we know you can't come out and say it, but Liverpool are on the cusp of, of obviously lifting the title after thirty years. Was there ever concern for you that the season might get null and voided? Um, not, not really. I think, obviously, for us, we still, we still, well, we still think we've got work to do, and we have. We've got, um, we've got nine games left, and we we'll want to win as many as, as, as them as possible. Um, and that was all our focus was on, really, in terms of just wanting to get back and waiting for the right time to go back. But I was always under the impression that not, not only for, for us, but for the rest of the league, that it needed finishing at some point. Yeah, totally understand that. It must be great, though, being back in the training grounds. At least I know you're still training in small groups or have been, but at least seeing the players and getting getting that kind of side of it back again. Well, yeah, that's been brilliant. Um, just being back and obviously training, but seeing the lads on a day-to-day basis again and just having that banter 
uh, you do miss it. So it's it's nice to be back, um, and hopefully we can just continue like this until the games get played again. What about Jurgen Klopp out on the training ground, topping off his tan? <laughs> George, he's been doing that, George. He's been doing that. <laughs> How, how's your tan going? It's all right. The weather's been really good on it, so I haven't had much time to be to be sitting in the back garden. To be honest, with three kids, um, it's been pretty hard work, but I've tried to make the most of it and enjoy it at the same time. Um, but when we're out there, it is pretty hot. What about the lockdown hair? How that's go- how's that going? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's another story. <laughs> um, not looking great, but I've um, I'm trying my best to just make it look as good as possible. Um, but that's pretty difficult. It's pretty long um, doing me editing when I'm training and stuff. But um, yeah. Just get on with it. We're going to see like a Paborski-style headband. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to put some product in it, some gel, get it slicked back. Now, away from the Premier League, decisions on whether to restart the season are still ongoing. And Portsmouth CEO Mark Caitlin joined the Weekend Sports Breakfast Show to discuss his club's view on the end of the season. We're very much in the camp of trying to get this season finished, but um, we've been very appreciative of the other clubs in the division, clubs of you know, different size, different financial circumstances at the moment and, and different aspirations as well. So it's a hodgepodge of a league. You've got, you know, if you look at the top of the champ at the moment, Leeds go to the bottom of League 2, Stevenage, you can see the gap between the clubs generally in the EFL. And, you know, the majority of clubs in League 2 are of the size of a League 2 club. The majority of the clubs in the champ are the size of the majority of, you know, um, championship clubs and then somewhere in the middle you've got league one that's probably got a mix of championship clubs and you know and lower level league one clubs and they come together and as i say every every club's got different views and opinions on it but we're firmly in the camp that we should try and carry on and finish this season on the pitch Mm. And Mark, what's happening in football? Because if you go down, lower down the pecking order, the lower tiers of football, that furlough suited them, it's helped them, they can get loans to help their club keep going. And it really sort of keeps going up to uh, League One, where some clubs are better off being furloughed. And then there's clubs like yourself, Portsmouth, who are probably thinking, we can still manage this and continue financially to support our club and have a chance of playing the games. Would that be right? That's exactly it. Yeah, totally spot on, Tony. I mean, it's, I mean, the furlough is difficult. It's, it's to a degree made the decision to carry on a lot harder because, as I say, I do have sympathies with a lot of those clubs that to take players off furlough and then align it with mm. the cost of the testing regimes is going to be cost prohibitive. But we've been very much in the camp that, mm. one, I think you've got to look at the longer term in regards of, I'm trying to think of football generally here, that the longer we delay coming back, the longer we can... You know, start next season, mm. there's a lot of knock-on effects. And for a club like Portsmouth, Sunderland, Ipswich, Peterborough, a lot of the larger clubs, big big supporter bases, sponsorships, mm. there's potentially a lot of payback that we're going to have to, you know, go, go through as well because mm. where that wouldn't affect maybe some of the smaller clubs so much. So, mm. as I say, it's a real hodgepodge in League One and uh, that, that's why it's taking such a long time to reach a decision. Now, the legendary DJ Trevor Nelson joined Johnny Owen and Friends on Sunday morning to discuss why he first fell in love with football and Chelsea. He told Johnny and Mark that he normally goes to football alone. Oh, I've got no friends. And has only been chanted at once by his fellow Chelsea fans. I'm guessing the chant was something along the lines of, Oh, Trevor Nelson, he hasn't got any friends. No, that doesn't even work, does it? Anyway, here's Trevor. After that, I said, well, I'm going to get a season ticket. And I finally got a season ticket in 96, I think it was. 
my first season ticket, 96, 97, yeah. around that time. I just got into Radio 1, and lo and behold, my show was on a Sunday. It's the first time in my working career I didn't work on a Saturday. Yeah, actually, Saturday has opened the up. The first <laughs> time since I was 15, I did not work on a Saturday. I'm not lying. I went, I got my season ticket, happy as Larry. I'm thinking, right, I'm going, I'm going every game. My rituals weren't going to the pub because no. by that time I was known and I figured being known isn't much fun because, oh, where are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, all like you that. Come on, mate. It's not a day Headlock, off, headlock <laughs> yes. to the bar. No, 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 no. I'm not going to end up in the newspapers for anything. And I just, so my ritual, unfortunately, is a bit bougie. It was a bit of a meal, really. Yeah. It's always a meal. The thing, good thing about Chelsea, there's lots of eateries around. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Around yeah, Fulham yeah. Road. You can go to a it's, quiet it's actually pub. There's no way to go to football at all. Is that well, a <laughs> meal first? You know, you it's can, bizarre. Take your pick, mate. You can get you can get tanked up somewhere. Yeah. You can have a meal. And that's how Chelsea is. It's around there. And a yeah. lot of people do that pre... And my pre-match ritual is Carlo shows or somewhere like that. Yeah, yeah. Nice little meal. Or, or, or meet a couple of guys for pub. But I go on my own to football most of the oh, time. Oh, do you? Yeah, I go on my own because... Did you get a scene ticket on your own? No, I got... One for me and one for my mate. Yeah. Um, and we 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 sometimes we go. You know he's busy, but I walk to the ground. It's like for me, it's like walking a golf course on your own. Yeah. It's really weird. It's really it's it's a real escape for me because I I walk amongst forty thousand people. I do a lot of gigs all the time where I walk in and everyone knows who I am. Yeah. But I love the feeling of walking to Stamford Bridge amongst forty thousand people. No one bothering you. Everyone's focused on the game. Do you know what I mean? And you get there and. And that, so that's my ritual now. I, I go, I, I love walking there on my own and, and queuing up. And a couple of people might notice you, but other than that, no, nah, the shed end, I sit in the shed end. You know, I only ever had one song in the shed end and I got embarrassed. He plays what he wants. <laughs> he plays what he wants. Trevor Nelson, I turn around, I was like, oh, shut up. I'll have to move seat. Trevor Nelson only has once. got his own chant at Chelsea. Only once. Don't ever don't even I, want to get it out. I, I, now, the Sunday session. Stoke City manager Michael O'Neill joined Sam Perry and Stuart to talk about the return of the championship and he said he believes he can take the club back to the Premier League if, of course, football does return. Did you ever think, Michael, that this season wouldn't get going again in the championship and they would just draw a line under it and move on to next season? Yeah, if I'm honest, I did, to be honest. Um, I thought that it was quite difficult and, I, and when I see what we're quite fortunate in that as a club like Stoke, we have a you know Premier Premier League training facility. Um, we we have a lot of the structure that we had in the Premier League. The club haven't scaled things back. So from a staff point of view, we have a lot of people to deal with it. You know, from doctors and medical staff and everything to deal with the situation. I think for other clubs, it'll certainly be more difficult. Um, and uh, I felt that that would maybe be the stumbling block to to teams getting back. I still think we have a bit of way to go there'll be potential obstacles I think going forward we still don't really have structure in terms of how we deal with the way games for example um, and that's something that I think we have to to get clarity on but I think now that we've got back to this point is a real positive and, and, and you know I genuinely believe now that we will we will finish the season What are your plans for Stoke in the long and media term have you sort of set yourself a target it's a very difficult division to get out of the championship but you've made an impact since being there? Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's taken a little bit of time to get used to the challenge. Obviously, the immediate um, priority is to, is to stay in the championship. We've <laughs> yeah. got ourselves to 17th and, and 42 points, which from being in, at the bottom of the league when I took over. Um, and what I have seen in the championship really is 
um, that there's not a lot between obviously a lot of the teams. If you look at us as a, as a team, I think since I come in, our form would have us seventh in the table, and actually from January it would have us in second or third. So, but yet we're still in a relegation fight, and uh, so I, I think that you know, medium term we have to. Uh, Make change the squad a little bit. We we have a lot, you know. We, there's no secret that we have a big wage bill, and that has to be uh, changed for the for the uh, championship. But um, I believe that with one or two right additions, that we have a squad that can certainly um, challenge for a top six position next season, assuming we stay in the in the division. And uh, that's what we're aiming for, and to build a team that obviously will challenge for promotion. You know, Stoke has been a Premier League club for ten years prior to relegation and uh, the owners are very keen to get back there. Now time for a bit of boxing and Dillian, not Dylan as a lot of people call him, Dillian White joined Adam Catchell and Gareth A. Davis on fight night to discuss his training and build up to his next fight against Alexander Povetkin. The fight's on as far as I know the fight's on. The fight's on obviously we're training I'm training for the fight that's why I got off um, out to Portugal so I could train in private facilities by myself me and my team. The fight's on I got out I'm training you know, the fight's on. I think the dates have just been moved around a little bit, you know, obviously with what's going on and stuff. I think, you know, the dates have been moved around a little bit. It wasn't May when it was supposed to be. But we're just waiting now. Obviously, I think Sky is waiting for other sports to return and other things to happen just before they they commit to everything. But, but it should be, I think by, by next week, there should be a definite um, fight date being, being announced. And I knew it'd be in a, in a few weeks' time as well. It's not like it could be in a few months. It'd definitely be in a few weeks' time. Now, if there's a man that is made for fighting in Eddie Hearn's back garden, it's you in it. That that is that's right up your street, surely. Yeah, you know I me. Mean? I, I, I'm a fighter by nature and by street. And I, and I fight to fight. I've had plenty of um, fights. You know what I mean? I, I fight to fight. Wherever you know, I, like I said, people listen. I fought in front of thousands. I fought in front of hundreds. I fought in front of almost um, 100,000. So for me, it don't matter where the fight is, and I still perform. You know, obviously, I fought Derek Cesar in Manchester Arena in front of, I can't remember how much, 1,000 people. And then my next fight after that was... Hmm. My next fight after that was um, was in um, America, in Omaha, against in front of 1,000 people because that was the first fight on. So to me, it doesn't matter where the fight is, who is there, what's going on. As long as my opponent's there, and I'm and I'm and I show up and I'm fit and ready, then I'll I'll, I'll fight wherever. Mm. You know, um, there was a time when I, I had a lot of street fights as well <laughs> by myself. You know, <laughs> but that's, this is this is a different time. You know. <laughs> Now, I mentioned at the top of the podcast that Josh, who is the tech op on my show, that very rarely gets stuff right, has written the links for this podcast. So I have no idea what he's talking about in the next link. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try and read it out and then maybe ad lib around it. So it, this is how it begins the link. Now you may remember earlier in the week we heard from Lars Sibbertson talking about fans in the Danish league attending games on Zoom. Well with Charlie and Max they had someone else who'd done exactly that and he was on the warm up to tell him about it. I mean that's the best link I can do for you gang. I'm sorry, but who knows what's going on in Josh's head. And yeah they put in a massive great screen, 40 metres long and three metres high, filled with fans watching via video link. Let's talk to one of them who managed to get on the Zoom call. Uh, Heino Hamburg Goodmanson, AGF Aarhus fan. Heino, thanks so much for coming on. 
Well, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a great honour to, to talk to the English people. Uh, um, you, you haven't met us yet. I wouldn't say it's that much of an honour to be... Could change, to be, could to change be, your mind, yeah, could, I know. Yeah. So, so, so how was it? Did, did you, uh, you know, did it just like any old... Is it like when I have a Zoom chat with my parents? You just sort of click well, in and you're there? <laughs> well, it, it, was, uh, it was a bit of that. And then we, at home with my brother, tried to, uh, to make the, the feeling of being at the stadium so uh, my brother he had uh, put out his grill so we can have some uh, sausages and uh, have some uh, something to drink and we tried to make it like the stands and uh, in in during the match uh, it it, wa- it was a bit artificial of course because we were sitting and watching on the television and we could see on the computer the other people on the stands with us and we could wave to each other and say hi uh, and uh, and as you, as you can hear, my my voice is a bit sore because I had that one magic moment where I forgot I wasn't at the stadium oh. and I gave scored in the in the overtime, and uh, I, I I just started yelling because of the excitement and yes, and the result is my voice today. How many <laughs> how many people were on the Zoom? Well, uh, we were four people in uh, in in uh, at the home and on the Zoom. I don't know the exact figure, but uh, they be- I believe it was about 10,000. Wow. So how did they do... Did you have to wait for it, like, with my family quiz? We're like, well, is, yeah. is my brother joining us? Should we wait, should we wait for him to turn up? Was it, like, <laughs> was it like that? And then was the first five minutes of the game just loads of fans going, no sound, no sound, <laughs> bottom left, <Yeah>. bottom <laughs> left. I, I, to, be, to be honest, I, I really don't know because uh, the, the way we, we, we chose to do it was we wanted to hear the commentary from uh, from the television. Oh, so yeah. we, uh, we, we put up the computer and then we muted the sound from the computer but had the, our mics open so uh, so AGF could use what sound we made on, on the stadium because they, they talked about trying to uh, put some uh, some real sounds into the match on the ground. Uh, and they they did like like they have done in Germany where they had put uh, on the you know fake uh, voices from uh, from fans that yeah. had been recorded and uh, I I believe they mixed that with what we were saying and doing at the, at the homes and uh, the television well they used it to um, to uh, put up when uh, when when runners scored they showed showed us a couple of runners fans sitting at home and when we scored. We saw some of the homes uh, on on the big screen, and and it was fun. And uh, there was a lot of my friends who texted me saying, "Hey, you were just on the stands, and we just saw you." And well, seeing yourself uh, about uh, three meters high, well, that's 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 a sight for sore eyes. Yeah. Right? Now stay with Max Rushton, if we must. He and Barry Glendenning were alongside each other for the Sunday warm-up. And as Josh writes, I don't even know what this means. Here's another edition of the football game. What does that even mean? Right, so here we go. Uh, um, Reese will read out the uh, years of service, the clubs, the appearances and goals uh, of three players. It is our job to shout those players while people listening to their car radios get infuriated with our lack of footballing knowledge. Good luck, Chris. Uh, The pressure of live radio can really affect you, but you sound relaxed, you sound calm. I've taken 24 dalliums, so I'm fine. Okay, excellent. I'd suggest that that is probably 23 too many for a regular day but I don't know I'm not an expert here we go Reese. our first footballer began his career at Laval in 1996 staying until 1999 playing five games and not scoring he then moved to Liverpool in 1999 staying until 2006 playing 88 games and not scoring 
We spend the 0-1-0-2 season on loan at RC Lunds, playing 19 and not scoring. Peggy Arfexhead. Nope, he then spent Sound a season the best at Charlton Athletic. No, in 2006-2007, playing 11 and not scoring. Yep. He then moved to Portsmouth in 2007, staying until 2009, playing 13 and not scoring. Also being loaned to Reddens and Birmingham. He then moved to Monaco in 2009, staying until Pepe 2011. Rainer. Nope, playing 36 and not scoring. Then spent a season at Marseille in 11-12, playing 11 and not scoring. Then Ooh. finally finishing he his career. He played for Charlton. Yeah. In 2006-07, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, yeah. where he's... Seattle Sounders in the MLS in the 13-14 season. Tim Howard. 40... Tim Howard? Nope, scoring one goal. Brad Friedel. Oh, he scored nope. a goal. Is he a goalkeeper? He is not. Oh, okay, that's an issue. Oh, yeah, that's effective. Mm. He uh, is the current assistant manager for Seattle Sounders. And he played for Charlton. Played for Charlton. No if only we had a Char- If only we had a Charlton he fan. Charlton. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, come on. He played six games and scored one goal for Marley between 2004 and 2006. Oh, yeah. Marley. Oh, oh no. Pongol. Florence to Pongol. Nope. Oh. He won the Champions League with Liverpool. <laughs> one goal Jimmy in his Jimmy Traore. It is Jimmy Traore. Jimmy Traore, well done. One oh, goal in a career. Done. Brilliant. Yeah, well done. Well so done, I Barry. I had no idea Jimmy Traore played for Charlton. Did you know, Chris? Was, uh... I had no idea. He didn't tell me he was playing. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. <laughs> a second footballer began his career at Corinthians in 1994, staying until 1999, scoring 15 in 136. He then played two seasons at Arsenal between 99 and 2001. Gilberto Silva. Nope. He then moved to Celta Vigo in 2001, staying Fellini, until 2004. Nope, scoring once in 84. He then spent five years at Barcelona between 2004 and 2009. Oh, no. Alex Song. No. Nope. No. He finished his career at Edu? Manchester City. Nope. 2009-10 season, playing 11 and not scoring. He got six Song. caps for Brazil between 2000 and 2001. Come Not on. scoring. Brazilians who played five years at Barcelona. I, in 2019, he balanced Leon. Cafu. Cafu. Nope. Uh, oh, no. Sid Law interviewed him in The Guardian this week. Lauren? It is Lauren, isn't it? Nope. No. No, it's oh, not right. Lauren. Well, that's me out of so ideas. Not, it's not Edu, Lauren. Nope. Brazi- Gilbert, Brazilian. Brazilian. Gilberto nope. Silva. Um, nope. It was a left back. Oh, Sylvania. Sylvania. Okay, 1-1. One, one. Come on, Cliss. This is your big oh. moment. It's one to Barry, one to me, nil to you. But it's not been a great game. Don't we can all look... Don't rub it in, Matt. No. I'm doing my best. No, no, you are doing your best and we appreciate your time. Well, your you? best's not good enough, Cliss. <laughs> well, that's it for another podcast, you think. Thanks so much for listening. Of course, you can download previous ones or future ones via Acast, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'll be back tonight from 10pm for the first Sports Bar of the Week, so make sure you join me and old Moonface for that one. In the meantime, keep your distance, have a good day, wash your hands, and above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.